0: I'm Andrea Collins, and this is Mindful Mostly. What's going on? Yeah, I took the week off last week. Thanks for that, guys. Things have been a little crazy over here. How are you doing? I feel like this time of year, well, things start to get busy, you know? We're like leading up to the holidays. Work, like workplaces are generally like in full throttle mode right now. So it's on. And that's why we all need to take care of ourselves, right? Today on the show, this is exciting. Do you have fear in your life? Because Monica Berg is on the show. She is so boss. And she's got this book. It's called Fear is Not an Option. And she's going to tell us about the three types of fear that are holding you back getting to know your fears so you can conquer them and how to deal with rejection, and so much more. Plus, I've got three very interesting things to tell you about. One involves signs from the universe, one involves Jude Law, and the other involves pushy girls at concerts. this. I take one week off, and I feel like we have so much to catch up on. Can I tell you a headline that really made me laugh this week? Vegan woman fined $1,700 for threatening to kill her mother-in-law for making meat sauce. It's one of those articles that you don't even need to click on. That's, <laughs> That's all you need to know. And if anybody's vegetarian or vegan and we're coming up to the holidays, I'm sure you've felt that. I'm sure you've wanted to th- make some death threats cause that's what being vegan is all about. (laughs) Okay, I, I, I have so much to tell you about. One, have you been looking out for signs from the universe? Has something been happening to you recently that just keeps happening over and over again and it's only until it happens like the fifth time that you notice it? Something's been going on, I'll tell you. cats keep running towards me. Like they'll see me from three blocks away, as cats do, and they'll just literally rocket ship right to me, and like roll in front of me on the sidewalk. One cat the other day followed me home, and then I I I would tr- I tried to pet him and he was like a little skittish. Closed the door, and then he was watching me from my window. Right? He was like a, a next level stalker that cat. But something's going on, and I don't know what it is. So. Does anyone have any clarity on that? And has something like that ever happened to you? Hit me up on Instagram at mindful mostly if it has. Another thing I wanted to mention was last week was the biggest episode for the podcast. You guys, it's so great. The listenership doubled, doubled in one week. I don't know what happened, no idea. But it's awesome, and I hope it stays that way. And if you're a new listener, hello. Hello. I'm Andrea. We like to shoot the shit, talk about wellness, and all the other stuff. Speaking of all the other stuff, the reason I wasn't here last week was because I was interviewing Jude fucking Law. Yeah. I went to L.A. because the movie Fantastic Beasts... The, the second one is coming out this Friday. Fantastic piece, The Crimes of Grindelwald. That's what it's called. So I went to L.A. I interviewed Jude. We're on a first name basis. Eddie Redmayne, Zoe Kravitz, and a bunch of other people. And before I went into that interview, a bunch of you guys were like, okay, look, Andrea, you need to figure out one thing and one thing only. Is Jude Law still hot? And I can come back and tell you that Jude Law is still 10 out of 10 hot. I get why the nanny slept with him. He has this way of looking at you. You could be talking about, like, fucking toilet paper. And the way he looks at you is just, like, so Jude law Like you just told the cheeky joke. I asked the guys that also interviewed him that were there on the junket if, if they felt that and they didn't know what I was talking about but you know what I'm talking about that like Jude Law in the movie Elfie look that he has so he's still hot Eddie Redmayne confusingly hot and Zoe Kravitz like smoke show she's super tiny and if you're gonna get tattoos you should look at her tattoos because she's figured it out She's figured it out. She's just got them like sporadically all over her and they're not big and they're just, they look so, so cool. Lastly, I went to a concert last night. Have you guys seen, I went to US Girls, which you should listen to their latest album. Is the best. Actually, they're on the Mindful Mostly Fall playlist, which is called Cute Fall Booties, and it's on Spotify. If you haven't listened to it yet, you are missing out. Go check that out. So I was at U.S. Girls, and it was a packed house, sold-out show, so everyone was crammed together like sardines. Girl in front of me was that girl at the concert that's just, like, all elbows. She, like, took a big puff of her vape and, like, blew it in everyone's face. She spit her beer all over the back of some guy when she was laughing with her friend. And then the part that was the kicker was that she was wearing those shirts that I keep seeing on Instagram, and maybe you have too, that says, being kind is cool. (laughs) The shirt's great, but the irony was not lost on me. All right, let's talk to Monica Burke. Monica Berg is on the line. She is the chief communications officer at the Kabbalah Center, which is pretty neat. Plus, you just came out with a book called Fear is Not an Option. How do you use that as a mantra in your life? I fundamentally
1: don't believe, and I never have, even as a child, that we are meant to suffer. And so when difficult things came up in my life, painful things, um, fearful things, I used it as a motivator for change, and I feel like, you know, so often, especially in our world today, people are always showing their, you know, happiest moment. Even if they have a horrible week, you know, on Instagram, you'll see like the one, you know, minute that was awesome, and and it makes other people feel isolated and, and separate, and the truth is we're all the same. We're all humans having human experiences, so... I feel really inspired and I feel it's very important to share my journey and the difficulties that I've had and the great rewards that have come uh, from seeing myself through the other side of it, right? Not trying to avoid it, not trying to medicate it, not trying to wish it away, but really go through whatever the challenges, whatever the pain was, whatever the fear was and see the great gift in it and how I was able to grow and change from it. So you can't really do that, I don't think in a, in a real kind of powerful way without being vulnerable yourself and being honest and saying, look, I get it. I've been there. And um, even if this is my area of growth or challenge, you know, and yours is a different box, we're still all going through the same thing. We're trying to figure it out.
0: What would you say? I feel like s- some people argue that the wellness industry in North America comes from a place of privilege. And, and you had said, um, none of us were brought to this earth meant to suffer there's definitely people suffering more than us in the world how would they use kabbalah in their lives well i love this question because absolutely it's
1: easy for us right we have a lot of opportunities and we have freedom and you know to to do things right and the thing that kabbalah teaches is it's all about consciousness consciousness is everything so i'll give you the example of malala Yousafzai. we all know her story right she um, stood up against the Taliban. She became such a great role model for young women, for children, for people everywhere, because she stood up and said, no, you know, we have a a right to go to school and a right to learn, even if we're female. And she spoke about it publicly and she was shot in the face, in the shoulder. She was shot many times and she recovered and she's an amazing role model, right? She was not given the same opportunities as let's say children born in the United States, but still, what did she do? She used that challenge, that struggle to affect great change in the world. She could have sat down and suffered silently and she could have suffered and just been, okay, this is my lot and this is life. Or you step up. We're all going to be given situations and things that happen that it's not what we would have wished for. It's not the ideal we had for ourselves or our lives. So we can either let it define us and, and if we don't see the gift in it, it's not going to be a good definition. Or we can say, okay, what is the opportunity for me here? How can I grow from it and how can I share with the world?
0: hmm part of addressing our fears is getting to know them. Is that right? How do we how do we put a stamp on what fear affects us most? Well,
1: I love that because,
0: you know, fear is a, a huge um,
1: thing, right? Everybody has it. And because we all have it, we think it's something, again, that we have to live with and we have to tolerate and we have to learn to accept. Um, but I want to challenge everybody to actually eliminate and eradicate their fears. So the first thing is to identify the three types of fear that I talk about in my book. So there's healthy fear, there's real fear, and there's illogical fear. And when you, and I'll go through it really quickly, but if you're able to kind of identify which one it falls into that's already you're like halfway there and removing it because you're going to realize some of them are just not necessary so healthy fear um is healthy it's there for us for a reason it's set up to protect us so let's say you're going on a hike and you get too close to the edge something fear will kick in and your heart will start to beat you'll step back right that's there to protect you um same thing you wouldn't go too close to fire there's like a warning an internal alarm system that goes off Also intuition or your gut, that feeling you have, let's say you're about to get in an elevator and something is telling you like, I'm not comfortable with that other person that's in there. I'm going to wait for the next one. Right. So all of that, that's there for a reason. And we should always pay attention to that and to listen to it. Um, the second fear is real fear. Again, this is something that is rooted in reality. It's like fear of death, fear of illness, fear of public speaking. These are things that actually do occur, but even in this case, right? So if you have afraid, if you're afraid of, um, becoming ill so then you would maybe take steps to live a healthy lifestyle if you're afraid of losing your loved ones you'll make sure to spend quality and purpose-filled time with them telling them you love them right you'll make the most of that time so this can also be a great motivator to create the life you want a motivator for change so that's a fear that is that is also necessary then we have a logical fear now this fear is the one that we mostly are consumed in (laughs) day-to-day it keeps us worried panicked Um, frantic and it paralyzes us. It stops us from achieving our goals or even starting to go after them because we fear failure and rejection. We're afraid of heights and airplanes. We're afraid of spiders and roaches. I mean, this and it feels real. So we take it seriously and then we feed it and we keep it alive. So the first thing is to identify it. And once you do that, again, you can say, okay, this isn't this isn't real, et cetera, and so forth. And then I'd like you to challenge it. So I always say to people, when a fear comes up, ask yourself, what would I do if I wasn't afraid? And then go do that. I mean, that is the only way to chip away at fear.
0: Yeah, it almost sounds like fear – you say use fear as a motivator. Like there was one point, what you were just saying about half a minute ago, you were saying, you know, if you worry about losing your family – if you identify that that's the fear, then you'll spend time with them. It's almost the same as setting a goal, in a way, in, but a, in a darker way. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well,
1: it is because the thing is, though, if you're busy doing, you're not. You don't have time to to be fearful and be consumed with the fear right so you could spend the day like worrying and having this oh my god my parents you know i don't want to lose whatever that is or you can spend a great day actually connecting and being together and enjoying them and celebrating them right so would you rather spend the time celebrating would you rather spend the time consumed with your fearful thoughts because those are the two choices
0: now, what if something's plaguing you with fear? Let's say it's a relationship and you're always fearing, feeling like you might possibly be rejected um, by the guy you're dating, let's say. How, when do you know it's an acceptable amount of fear or it's just you and that it's irrational or when to pull the pin on something if, if it's too, bringing out too much fear inside of you?
1: Well, again, if it's fear of rejection and then you're spending your time when you're in this relationship worrying that he is going to break your heart or um, at some point, you know, leave the relationship, well, then it's not going to be a very successful relationship anyway, right? Yeah. So first you have to see how do you want to spend that relationship. But then I I love the idea of rejection because a lot of people do fear that and it feels really real. Um, But what if you think about rejection, you really break it down. It's that somebody is declining what you're offering, right? So when you say it like that, it's really not that bad because it doesn't mean that what you're offering isn't valuable or worthwhile. It's just that you haven't found the right recipient. So wouldn't you rather know that? So if you're getting these these feelings that come up, look at it that way. Um, and I, I, again, I just don't think that spending time worrying or fearing something, I just see it as a waste of time, quite honestly.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I mean, Sometimes I'm having days where I'm worried about something at work, you know, and uh, it might not even be rational. And then I've realized that I was kind of crusty at work because of that fear or I was shorter with somebody or I I just, you know, worried myself into a knot and I ruined my own damn day. And Mm -hmm. chances are that that fear won't even come true. And like you said, that's one of the biggest time wasters and stresses in our life is living with those fears that aren't even something that's going to affect us necessarily exactly do you find that women are um overcome do you find that women are worse with their fears than men are or is it about equal No, I don't. I think
1: women are more open about their feelings. You'll probably hear about it more and it could seem that they're more fearful. I just think that we communicate usually um, much more and usually, you know, because I don't like to be black and white about things, but we're more in tune with how we feel. And so we express them. Um, I think actually women really at their core are, are very strong. I mean, we can grow little babies inside of us and push them out and do all these kinds of amazing things that we are having to face our fears in real ways, right? Um, and I think we're given a lot of opportunities to do that. So.
0: so if someone we're listening right now, they've identified what their fear is, what's the one thing they should do about it tonight?
1: Do the opposite. If you're afraid of something, go do that. And again, if it's illogical, you know. And I I give so many examples in my book. But let's say you're afraid of driving on the freeway, right? So. I would say challenge that fear first thing in the morning when your willpower is strongest, um, because studies have shown that that's when it is the strongest in the day, and go for one, just for a mile. When it's not crowded, you just try it, and then the next day you'll drive a little bit longer, then eventually you'll be driving at night. It's just take one step closer to breaking down your fear.
0: Mm. I like that. One day at a time, one step at a time.
1: Yeah, because with fear, it's really easy to make it this huge thing that you have to overcome right away. And nothing ever happens like that. I mean, even change, right? Things change slowly, slowly until they change completely. I mean, that is the way life is. It's slowly, slowly, slowly until some then something is. Even growing a baby, and everything has a stage, right? Mm-hmm. Same thing with your fear. If you make it too big, it's almost too hard to um, challenge it.
0: Now, you had mentioned that um, you are working on another book and then another book. Uh, my question is, where do you find all of your inspiration? And <laughs> what's, the, what's the next book that's coming out?
1: I'm very inspired by my children, I would say. They really are kind of like my creative um, outlet. They show me another way of seeing the world. And I just feel like Again, I I like to speak about everything. And I think that if I've experienced something, it's not going to be for nothing. I want to share it with the world and be open and vulnerable about it. And you know, we're all humans having human experiences. So I know I'm not unique that way. So I want to just talk about everything. Um, So I have two books coming out. The next one is called Rethink Love. Uh, When I started writing the books and how I came up with the fear book and the relationship book is that when I meet with people, there were two themes that kept coming up across the board for years, and that was their relationships. It was either, um, well, at the point that I met them, it was a a great stressor for them instead of being joyful and uh, and fear. So I thought these were two topics I really wanted to kind of break down, tackle, and help people expand their consciousness around it. Mm -hmm. And uh, the third book is called Change Junkie because I am a self-professed, change junkie i'm addicted to change
0: <laughs> does that mean you can't live in one place too long or what do you find you change a lot careers
1: no not in that way i think that most people run from change and i want to challenge people to run toward change mm. because we're changing all the time and the only thing that we get to kind of lead is which way we're growing we're either going back backwards or forward and You know, I really feel and I and I live by these words that it's your life and you alone are responsible for the quality of it So if you don't love what you're doing, don't do it If you love what you're doing, do more of it If you don't know what you love, it's time to find out and to live that kind of life You really have to challenge yourself to see things differently every day and to not be in the comfort zone
0: I like the fearlessness you have like you you have a bluntness to your You know, if you want something go out and get it if you're scared step into it Have you always lived that way? No.
1: (laughs) This was the work I've been doing. Um, I started studying Kabbalah when I was 17. And I think when I had my second son, Joshua, um, who was born with Down syndrome, and I found out a few hours after he was born, I think that kind of just shook my whole world. I mean, I had already been studying. I had been living a spiritual life. I had devoted my life and my intention in giving to others and sharing and helping them. But I think when you learn things, you learn them from the place that you're at in the moment, right? So when I started studying Kabbalah, I was 17. And what I believed at the time was, you know, as long as I'm a good person, a sharing person, a giving person, and I I devote my time to that, nothing bad, so to speak, would ever happen to me, which is something that I needed to believe at age 17, right? And that helped me navigate for about eight nine years and then this happened I was like wait a second there's a hole in that belief system right so it started to motivate me to stop and say okay what do I believe what is working what isn't working I also had a lot of shame right when he was born I was like how could this happen you know what will people think and um, I didn't want them to know. And then I caught the thought and I said, wait a second, that's not who you want to be either. So at that point, I decided that I am responsible for the quality of my life. And even though I knew that, I started to live that. So I was now responsible, even though I was afraid to be a mother to a child with Down syndrome, because quite honestly, I, ha- I was afraid of that diagnosis. I decided, no, this is your life. You are his mother and there's a gift here. And then I decided to approach everything in life like that. And it really changed the way that I see things, the way that I live. Um, and, and that, I think that's what you hear. I really, I really believe, I mean, when he was born and that happened to me and my husband, right? So um, who am I going to lean on? Like who's going to help me? And although I was working with people to create change in the world and part of a great organization at the end of the day, who am I? What's my potential? What's my power? Because we all have that unique greatness in us. It's up to us to reveal it. Mm. Um, And I just don't think you want to waste, I mean, I don't want to waste a second doing anything else. Mm -hmm.
0: I feel like you're inspiring to talk to because you're kind of like, guys, let's just start living the life. Let's live the life that we all deserve to live. Let's stop um, sacrificing what we want based on our own fears. Let's move forward and step into it. So I think it's been just awesome talking to you the book fear is not an option is out and as you heard there's many more coming which is (laughs) awesome um monica berg it's been so good talking to you thanks for coming on the show thank you so much i got three questions for you have you reviewed mindful mostly yet on itunes If you do, I'm going to hook you up with High Vibe 5. It's a five-minute magnetism session, manifesting breath work. It's all in one five-minute session. I'm going to send you that MP3 in exchange for a screenshot of your review. So you can email that to me at andrea at mindfulmostly.com. Also, I want to tell you about some of the guests that we have coming up in the next few weeks. Dr. Sandra Scott Nikki is going to be on, and she's going to be talking about how we need to stop overwashing because it's actually aging us and ruining your skin. It's actually good when you have somebody come on and tell you that less is more, right? Plus, Ruby Warrington, major girl fan moment, is going to be here to talk about the new sobriety movement, and maybe we should all try to like maybe change our dependence on alcohol. Um, she's got a new book out called Sober Curious, which I've been reading. Um, she's gonna be talking about that. Mandy Morris will be here to help us live our most authentic lives possible. And Jessica, Mer- Jessica Mernan, also a major fan of hers, is gonna be here to talk about the positives and the pitfalls of the wellness industry. And then my last question for you is, have you listened to the Mindful Mostly Fall playlist yet? There it is. It is called Cute Fall Booties. And you can find it on Spotify. It includes 21 of I think the sickest tracks in music right now. We've got a little Charlotte Gainsborg in there. Oh yeah. Nikki and the Dove. All confused, waiting for the rainy day While I spend my time walking in the sunshine Turn it up! Swinging from the country Cause I love coconuts I'm drinking coconut business You don't get to know me We've also got some throwback goodness with Ms. Lauren Hill. And we've all up with scars We are jamming out with Bishop Briggs with a little high low. Oh, oh. So oh. so oh. And we're putting on our disco tits with Topa. say hi, you say hi, we stay high, you look so pretty, yeah. Check it out. Like I said, 21 songs. It's called Cute Fall Booties. It's Mindful Mostly's fall playlist. I'm sweat from head to toe. I'll talk to you guys next Monday. through all my clothes. I'm fully charged. a hot. Ready to go. I'm sweat from head to toe. I'm wet through all my clothes. I'm fully charged. Nipples are hot. Ready to go.